The Holy Spirit continues to set hearts on fire with the love of Christ and inspire people to bring the good news to a world that is aching to hear it. Welcome to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. Now, here's your guide on this grand adventure, Catholic singer, songwriter, author, and speaker, Miriam Marston. And welcome back to Blazing the Trail here on Mater Dei Radio. My name is Miriam Marston, and I look forward to this time with you each week as we take a closer look at what it means to be a missionary disciple, someone who shares the truth and the beauty of the gospel, that astounding story of God's love for us. And one of my favorite things about hosting this show is that I am reminded all the time, and I hope you are too, that this mission of evangelization is not a solo mission. There are so many people whose lives have been transformed by the power of Christ. And this show is intended to highlight some of that amazing work that God is doing deep in the souls of so many men and women. And that work of God in the interior life is something that is at the very heart of the apostolate that we're going to hear about today, thanks to my guest, Julia Monin. Julia launched Journeys Revealed Ministries several years ago, and I loved this one description of her ministry. It's from the decree from the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, which granted this ministry the status of a private association of the faithful. The purposes of this association are to become the home for the spiritual journey, helping others develop lives of deep prayer, study, contemplation, and service, and to create a culture of openness to inspire others to break down their walls. What a beautiful vision of ministry, and it's personal because you'll hear Julia explain how some of her own walls and defenses came down, and that's a testament really to the power of God's mercy. In fact, Julia describes her story as simply a story of mercy. And honestly, after recording our interview, all I could think about was the wonderful message and devotion of Divine Mercy and the diary of St. Faustina, who Pope St. John Paul II referred to as the great apostle of Divine Mercy for our time. The following words are from one of my favorite passages from the diary of St. Faustina. All grace flows from mercy, and the last hour abounds with mercy for us. Let no one doubt concerning the goodness of God. Even if a person's sins were as dark as night, God's mercy is stronger than our misery. One thing alone is necessary, that the sinner set ajar the door of his heart, be it ever so little, to let in a ray of God's merciful grace, and then God will do the rest. Now, you might already be familiar with the Divine Mercy Chaplet, but perhaps you haven't yet come across the litany to Divine Mercy. It really is a remarkable prayer. I remember reading it the first time and just being blown away by the sheer magnitude and power of God's mercy. Here are some of the descriptions of divine mercy which are found in the litany. It is the fountain gushing forth from the mystery of the most blessed trinity, divine mercy unfathomed by any intellect, human or angelic from which wells forth all life and happiness, divine mercy better than the heavens, source of miracles and wonders, encompassing the whole universe, divine mercy descending to earth in the person of the incarnate word, divine mercy which flowed out from the open wound of the heart of Jesus, divine mercy accompanying us through our whole life, embracing us especially at the hour of death. Divine mercy endowing us with immortal life, shielding us from the fire of hell. 
divine mercy in the conversion of hardened sinners, divine mercy astonishment for angels, incomprehensible to saints, unfathomed in all the mysteries of God, lifting us out of every misery, divine mercy source of our happiness and joy, divine mercy in calling us forth from nothingness to existence, divine mercy crown of all God's handiwork, Divine mercy in which we are all immersed, sweet relief for anguished hearts, only hope of despairing souls. Divine mercy, repose of hearts, peace amidst fear. Divine mercy, delight and ecstasy of holy souls. This is the mercy that Jesus offers to each and every one of us. He lovingly extends his hand to pull us away from sin. And I pray that we are each able to respond and grasp His hand and follow Him to new life. And perhaps the following conversation with Julia will be an inspiration to do just that. So please enjoy the interview, and I'll be back with a closing word after our conversation. I'm joined by Julia Manin, who is an author, speaker, and spiritual companion, and serves as the director of Apostolic Works of Journeys Revealed Ministries. She is a wife and mother and is a secular discalced Carmelite living in Ohio. Julia, it is great to have you on the show. How are you today? I am so good. It's good to connect with you and to be here and ah, just a joy. Yeah, thank you. Oh, Julia, it's, it's great to see you. And um as we get started, I'm curious, uh, is the faith something that was really in your environment growing up? Um, like, what did that look like? And um, as you look back, um, are you able to identify some turning points in your spiritual life where the Holy Spirit was perhaps doing something a little new and different? Yeah, for sure. So I am a cradle Catholic from a family of five. I have an older sister, an older brother, a younger sister, and a younger brother. And growing up, you know, mom and dad did what we were supposed to do as practicing Catholics. We're generational Catholics from, I, I can't even tell you how far back it goes. As far back as we can send the family tree, we have been cradle Catholics. Yes. Um, so, um, so yeah, it was definitely always a part of my life. And, and mom and dad did, you know, what we were supposed to do as practicing Catholics. We were at mass every week and on holy days of obligation. When we became of age, you know, we were making good sacramental confessions at least once a year. Um, but to be honest, my mom puts it best when she shares her own like reversion story and that though God was definitely um, in our heads, he wasn't in our hearts. And so the faith and why we believe what we believe as Catholics and and and, and all of that really didn't um, take a part of, of my life until an adult, um, really post-college graduation. And, and that was that you talked about pivotal moments in, in my soul's journey. That was after um, witnessing my own parents having a reversion of faith. So it began by, you know, seeing them as a young high school girl who was really um, in in the mess of sin at that time in my life. And again, like it happened, it happened innocently in the beginning with me. Like I'm not a malicious person who was like out to like leave, you know, live a strayful life or anything like that. But, um, you know, just one thing led to another as it, as it does. And um, as a young high school girl, getting ready to graduate, go to college, just I was totally living the life of the culture, you know, mm-hmm. just living the life, the culture, everything that I saw on TV and movies that seemed to be okay was just okay, right? Yeah. And I wasn't asking questions about it. But as that young, you know, senior in high school, young college girl, just 
from my outside perspective, watching my parents change, you know, Mm -hmm. watching my mom go from a person who was really just a very worry, just a high worrier my entire Mm -hmm. life to watch her all of a sudden, like have a peace about her, even though our family circumstances hadn't changed. Um, Mm -hmm. And to recognize that, hey, maybe that has something to do with um, some of the different devotional practices she had, you know, um, she she had grown in her love of, of Jesus through a devotion to the Blessed Mother called Shunstadt. So she consecrated herself to the Blessed Mother and seeing like this image of the Mother Thrice Admirable in our home and noticing her becoming a more peaceful person and then noticing my dad take more of like a leadership role in, in our lives as, as a life and faith. And as a young person who was, you know, always very impressionable, especially as a young college person, and like noticing that my life had taken a wrong turn somewhere, but not really noticing, knowing how to get it back on track, but seeing that. So that was pivotal, like seeing my parents make changes. And again, I'm in college, so I'm not receptive to advice from, you know, <laughs> my parents, um, but I definitely am noticing. And they were planting seeds here and there along the way. Um, and eventually, I after graduating college and and kind of I, I had become awakened at that point in the terms of, ooh, my life has taken a wrong turn and I am super desperate and I want out um, and I'm totally living a lie, but I don't know how to get there. It was kind of like, you know, the prodigal son when he's off and he wakes up in the pigsty feeding the pigs and he has that like moment of, yeah. why am I here? Like my slaves, my my father's servants are being treated better than this. I got to make a return. So I was at that moment where I knew I needed to make a return but I didn't know how to go about doing it. Mm. And it was at that time after graduating college and moving back home that, um, and again, my parents just planted seeds very gently and mercifully and very wisely, I might add, because again, I'm not receptive to any sort of change as a young college girl, even though I knew I needed it. Um, But she asked me a question that absolutely just changed my life. And that question was, when was the last time you've been to confession? Mm -hmm. Um, And I knew I couldn't say recently, right? It had been a long time, um, years. I had made a good confession um, before I was confirmed as a junior in high school and hadn't been back since. So this was post-college graduation. So, you know, six plus years. Um, But that planted a seed in my heart of, I'm desperate, I want a fresh start. I'm longing for a fresh start. Um, my my husband and I were engaged to be married, and I wanted to enter into our marriage right in this in this newness and and enter fully into it. But I didn't know how to do it on my own. And in fact, I was trying, Miriam. I was like trying to pray and trying to uproot the sin and trying to like, okay, today's the day. I'm not going to fall into these old habits. And then every day, you know, I'd fail and I'd fall on my face and I'd feel bad about it again. And you just keep spiraling more and more and more. So my mom asked me this question. I put it off because I was so frightened at even the idea of saying these things out loud. Um, But eventually, like, I just got so desperate that I came to my senses. And I'm like, I I don't know if this is this is what I need, but I need a fresh start. And this is this is all I got. Right. (laughs) So I like when I share my story, I, I say I wish it was like, a desire of just, I knew that God's mercy was greater than my greatest sin. And I just loved him so much. And so I wanted to make a return, but it was totally selfish. Like I was miserable and I was so desperate and I was trying to get out of it on my own and failing. And it was just like a last ditch effort. Maybe this will work, you know, if I make a return to the sacrament of uh, confession. So long story short, I eventually couldn't put it off any longer because I got so desperate and I eventually did go back to confession and, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, not to my own parish priest because I was too afraid to do that, right. <laughs> but to some stranger who didn't know me. Right. Um, and made a good, good confession. And of course, um, the Christ's mercy was there in, through the person of that priest. And, 
and had a, that was a huge pivotal moment in my soul's journey, huge. Um, and I went out into the, to the church that uh, after a confession and, um, I have to, I have to mention, this is kind of funny because in the midst of my confession, um, and of course, this is like stuff I was going to take to my grave, right? Like I, I was 20 something years old, getting ready to be married. And I'm like, nope, I ruined my life as a 22 year old and I'm never going to be happy again. And I'm just going to take these things because if anybody finds out the truth, like my life's over, right? So this is the misery and the lies that I was, I was uh, surrounding myself with at that time. And of course, I wasn't talking to anybody about this. So it's not like anybody right. was speaking truth to say, you know, that's not true. You know, no one was saying, cause I wasn't, I was putting on a brave face. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, but as during the confession, as I was sharing my, my sins with the priest and, you know, kind of feeling him out, like, how does this even work? I haven't been here in so long, but at one point um, he yawned and it was such a funny moment in my soul because in my head, I thought like, like, what am I boring him? Like, what are people saying here? If what I'm saying is boring, you know, it was like this whole, like, holy cow, like, uh, this is good stuff. Like this should not be boring this man, right? This is good stuff. Um, but anyway, so I make a good confession and, and heard that beautiful prayer of absolution, which is yeah. now like my favorite prayer we have yeah. in the church. Um, but when I went back into the church and I was praying my penance, um, that, that thought of father yawning in the confessional came back to me. And this was like a pivotal point in my soul's journey because what I felt Christ like saying to me through that, through that yawn, um, and in that moment of praying my penance was, that's what your sins are to me now. You know, they're nothing. Yeah. I died to take them away and, and you get your fresh start and you get it now. And so I left the church that day feeling um, with something that I hadn't had in years. And that was hope, you know, I had become so despaired and so distraught and so shameful and so disgusted. Like I felt all those things and then some, and now I had just a little flicker of hope. Maybe just maybe I didn't ruin my life as a 20 something year old, you know, maybe just yeah. maybe there's happiness for me somewhere down the road. Um, and of course, that was one step on the path back to him. Sure. I have definitely had to go back to confession since. <laughs> I definitely am not perfect. And and even those those sins that were so crushing to say the first time, yep, had to say them a second time, a third time, a fourth time, you know. Um, but God in his mercy, slowly, 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 and steadily, like began freeing me from all of that, from all the lies and really like inviting me back into just being his daughter, right? Just being his beloved daughter. Um, so that was definitely a pivotal moment. So seeing my own parents go through a reversion, right? Um, making a return to the sacrament of confession myself, that eventually led to my husband and I um, consecrating ourselves to the Blessed Mother as well. Mm, and wow. so we you do that as a, as a couple and then, you know, giving our hearts to Our Lady and growing in our devotion to her. And that really um, helped us to understand our faith better and and um, to grow as a couple and to really allow the Lord to heal us individually. But now that the two had become one, definitely yeah. as the one too. Um, so that was pivotal, consecrating ourselves to Our Lady and, and growing and understanding and then reading, you know, just reading good Catholic books that yeah. teach us, that catechize us. Um, and it was so simple at first, just simple things of like, why does a Catholic do this? Or why does a Catholic do that? Um, right. And so that was really instrumental in, in us um, learning more about our faith. Um, and then, you know, the Lord grows us best through the cross. <laughs> so um, carrying crosses as a couple, um, we, we battled with infertility for 10 years of our marriage, um, had a miscarriage a few years in, um, and then a not another pregnancy until um, the year we celebrated our 10th wedding anniversary. And so carrying that cross together and being faithful and obedient to Holy Mother Church and what Holy Mother Church, um, you know, advises us to do in those situations. Um 
but yeah, so that definitely grew us as a couple and individually. Um, and that eventually led, you know, to um, just me starting to journal about yeah. my life, what's going on in my spiritual life, putting it down in a journal um, and eventually doing like small group stuff with people, right? So getting active mm-hmm. in my life at the parish, leading small book studies, um, leading small Bible studies, just simple, simple things, yeah. you know, teaching cate- um, catechism to the young people, just simple, simple things. Um, but that again was like lighting a fire in me, right? And 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 um, anyway, in the midst of doing that small group stuff, I began sharing journal entries with people here and there. And I um, was always shocked that people found them relatable. That eventually led to me discerning a call to like publish my publish a book, which eventually led to me realizing um, that the book maybe the Lord wanted me to publish was my journal. And that, of course, was terrifying. Right. You don't do that. Like as young girls, we get diaries. They come with a lock and key. Did you? I had one of those. Right. No, I had one, too. <laughs> So you lock it up, like you hide it. You don't let anybody read that, right? And that's totally what my journal was. But eventually, lots of discernment, lots of prayer, um, lots of leaps of faith. But eventually, that is is what I felt like God was asking me to do, was to publish my journal. And so, um, and again, that wasn't easy. Um, and it came with its own hiccups. And I had trouble finding a publisher so much so that I had to end up self-publishing it myself. Mm-hmm. But um, long story short is that's what actually birthed the apostolate you mentioned at the beginning, Journeys Revealed Ministries. Because after that was all said and done, right? And I'm just a converted yeah. soul who's fallen in love with Christ and began to understand what that meant, him dying on the cross, yeah. what that meant in my own life. And um and then journaling about it, right? And sharing that journal with us. And the process of publishing my journal was mm. so sanctifying because it was so horrifying <laughs> to really expose yourself like that, yeah. um, but to do it with Christ. And, and you know, we, we can look to our Lord's crucifixion and know that, um, you know, he was crucified, totally exposed and totally vulnerable. In a way, publishing a journal is sort of like that. <laughs> Right. But it was so sanctifying um, and grew me in so many ways that I just thought, one, not only I can't be the only one, right? I can't be the only one who's been journaling, who maybe is meant to share some of what's in that journal with others. I can't be the only one. And then two, I can't be the only one who the Lord wants to grow in in holiness and grow in humility um, through that process of publishing their journal. So anyway, that's where the apostolate was born. So, you know, had I found some publisher to publish it, I would have just sent it out into the world and said, right. I'm done. I'm going back to my life. Um, but the Lord had other plans. And and I had to learn to go through the process, learn what it meant to edit a book, learn what it meant to design a book from start, learn what it meant yeah. to print a book, to sell a book. You know, I had to learn all of that. And so um, that's definitely come in handy <laughs> with what we're doing here as an apostolate. Yeah. Wonderful. And I, I want to hear more, a little more about that, Julia. Uh, for those who are just tuning in, I'm speaking with Julia Manin, who is an author, speaker, spiritual companion, and you serve as the director of Apostolic Works of Journeys Revealed Ministries. Uh, uh, I don't want to um, forget to ask this. Where would people be able to learn more about this apostolate? Yeah. So at journeysrevealed.com. Journeysrevealed.com is our website. Go there to learn more about us. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And as I was uh, kind of looking at the website ahead of our conversation, just to prepare a little bit for this interview, um, I, I read a little bit of the description of what you all do. And I see sort of that that tagline, I guess, of glorify the Lord by your life. And um, when, if you're talking to someone who uh, is just trying to learn about what you do, 
how, how does that sort of summarize the work of the apostolate and what do you hope to um, kind of bring to others and how to inspire them in their own, in their own journeys of faith? Yeah. Thank you for asking particularly about that. Cause it's not something I get to talk about often, like the yeah. inspiration behind yeah. that. So we hear that, of course, it's one of our options at mass, the sending forth, right? We, we would hear perhaps the deacon or the priest say that glorify the Lord by your life. And so that's something that probably sounds familiar to us who are yeah. used to, um, you know, worshiping God during the holy sacrifice at the mass. And so the idea behind that, yeah, as sort of a, a tagline to what we're doing is that what does that actually mean? We hear that right. like we go to mass, we worship, we worship Christ, we come in here, we feed on him and then we're sent forth. But what does that actually look like to glorify God by our life. And so at Journeys Revealed, and again, this is birthed out of my own experience and what this process of publishing my journal actually did in, in my own soul. Um, what I've learned is we're not real great about um, growing in our interior life or really taking that time to grow in self-knowledge. It takes a lot of, it's a, it's very slow and tedious, and it's a very, we have to be very patient with yeah. God and with ourselves to really take time to mine the depths of our soul and what God is doing in our interior lives. So we're, we're better at communicating what's going on exteriorly. You know, I had a great summer. I went here, I did this, we did this, we traveled here. That's, and we take pictures and photos and we put them in albums and we can communicate that with people. Yeah. But to actually communicate, even with ourselves, what God is doing in our soul is a total different ballgame. And so this glorify the Lord by your life is actively, how are you living your life? Yes. How are you going out and glorifying him? But also the life of your soul. Like God is at work in your depths, in the good, in the bad, in the ugly, in in what you've learned along the way, including what you've learned through the falls and through the mishaps and through the struggle and through the sin. And so that's the life of your soul, right? The soul that will live on in eternity. How are you going about glorifying God by that? And ultimately it comes back to what? To admitting that we need a savior <laughs> and that in all of that, Christ has redeemed us and has and has saved us. And so that's kind of the hope of using that is, is one, we're familiar with it and we're going to keep hearing it. Like we're going to, it's going to keep challenging us. Like how do we actually go about glorifying the Lord by our life? Um, but at Journeys Revealed, our focus is on interiorly, God is doing something in your soul, whether it's a moment where you are clear of it or a moment where you are totally in the dark and you don't see him anywhere. In fact, it seems like he's abandoned you altogether, but we know that God doesn't leave us, right? We can leave him. We can say, no, get out of here, but he doesn't leave us even in our muck, even in our sin. And so how can we glorify God through our lives by communicating in prudent and wise ways, of course, what is going on in the depths of our souls, right? And so, so there might be a million ways we can do that, but our focus is on um, capturing what's in our journals. And then if God asks us to do that, and it's not always something he's asking us to do, sharing it with others, those moments when we're really intimate, those moments when we're really raw, those moments when things aren't neat and pretty, right? When when our house, the house of our souls are like a mess and you're like, no, don't come in here. Let me clean up first. <laughs> right, right. Um, but glorifying God in, and giving God the glory, even in those moments, um, because that's often when he's growing us the most and, and really allowing us to really um, receive that gift that he gained for us on the cross. Yeah. Julia, that's such a beautiful mission. Um, and as you're as you're sharing this, I'm thinking of the 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 aim of this show is evangelization. And mm -hmm. I, I don't think we would get very far in this mission if we just like already the story of the gospel. I mean, this is essential, the proclamation of the faith. 
But it even goes further than that. It's telling the story of what God has done in our own lives. So yes, of course, it's sharing the gospel, but it's also sharing what the gospel has done to us and in us and through us. So I'm so glad that you've created this platform where folks can do that. And I'm I'm sure again, it's uh, it might be, it's like stretching a new muscle for a lot of us yeah. where we're not accustomed to it. It can be it can uh, just be maybe a little uncomfortable or awkward, but the good the good that it does to hear what God is actively, concretely, tangibly doing in people's souls is, I, I think, something we need to hear more of. Um, on that note, Julia, we have a couple minutes left, and I love to ask my guests, um, you've already shared so much hope with us, but could you sort of leave us with just a, a note of hope and encouragement that we can bring with us into this next week? Oh, yes. Um, yeah. And you kind of asked me that ahead of time, too. And so I've been like praying, like, and of course, I want to like come up with something super wise, right? <laughs> super wise. I don't know why. So I can make you guys think I'm someone I'm not. Know. But at the end of the day, um, my story is a story of mercy. Um, and in fact, when um, I made my promises as a secular Carmelite, one thing we can do is choose a devotional name um, as we do that. And the devotional name that I chose was my baptismal name, of course, Julia. Um, Julia Marie of the most merciful heart of Jesus. And so that is my story, right? I'm, I'm the prodigal daughter and then some um, who just made a, a return to the Lord and his mercy. And so in in his mercy is our hope. And so that's my message is never to be afraid to run, to take refuge in his most sacred heart, his most merciful heart. Um, and, and, and to know that that person on the cross that we see in our churches on the crucifix, that God man came to save us. Right. And so go there, place yourself there, place yourself at the foot of the cross and receive that that gift that he won for us on the cross. Yeah. Julia, thank you so much for those words. And thank you so much for your time today. I just ask that God continue to bless you, your ministry, your family, and just all that you're doing to to share the good news of God's mercy and love in our world today. God bless you. Thank you so much for having me. I want to wrap up this episode by echoing those six words, glorify the Lord by your life. As Julia mentioned, these words are one option we hear in the concluding rites at Mass. So that's my hope for each of you in the coming days, that you recognize how God is truly at work deep in your soul, and I pray that you are open to opportunities to give glory to God through your daily life. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Miriam Marston, and I hope you'll join me next time as we continue to share the joy of the gospel here in the Pacific Northwest. Until then, stay well and stay close to Christ. God bless you all. You've been listening to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. For more information on Miriam Marston and her work, plus an archive of our past shows, Visit us online at matradayradio.com or download the Hail Mary Media app. Blazing the Trail is produced at the studios of Matraday Radio in Portland, Oregon.